say my name until the city burns and the stars fade away and your scars don't hurt i will hold you till the sun comes crashing down i'm yours until the end of time hey everyone welcome to the restored to more podcast a listener supported podcast that is dedicated to restoring marriages to wholeness in christ after being affected by pornography and sexual brokenness After betraying charity with pornography and unwanted sexual behavior, we had no idea how to rebuild our relationship or even if it was possible to restore what was broken. Today, by God's grace, we have learned how to connect again, laugh again, and rebuild spiritual, emotional, and sexual intimacy to an even greater experience than before. Our goal is that as you hear our story, the stories of others, and the knowledge needed to heal, you too can have a marriage that is becoming restored to more. I'm yours until the end of time. Update everyone. Course one registrations are back open. Whoop, whoop. This is an eight week course starting Thursday, September 14th. That is designed to help you and your spouse start the journey to becoming restored to more. It will be led by R2M certified coaches, Cody and Michelle Larson. We will be focusing on how to cultivate safety and trust, healthy communication, deal with triggers, and begin to discover how God can use crisis to create closeness. You can see all the details on our website and can register today at www.restoredtomore.com slash courses. Also, if you have appreciated this podcast, a great way to say thank you is leaving a five-star rating and a positive review. These reviews help more people find the podcast and experience hope and healing. Say my name until the city. Hey everybody, welcome back. We are so excited for today's interview. We have Deborah Folletta on all at Charity. Go ahead and share her intro. Deborah Folletta is a licensed professional counselor, a relationship expert, and a national speaker. She is the author of True Love Dates, Choosing Marriage, Why It Has to Start with We Versus Me, Love in Every Season, Are You Really Okay, and Married Sex. Deborah is also the creator of the popular relationship advice blog, truelovedates.com, and the Love and Relationships podcast, reaching millions of people with the message of healthy relationships. You may also recognize her voice from her 200 plus articles published across the internet. Connect with her on Facebook or Instagram. Well, welcome, Deborah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We totally forgot to pray before the show. And uh, do you mind just, we're going to involve everybody into absolutely. this prayer session oh right now. Let's do it. That's awesome. I love it. Father God, we just welcome you into this space, Lord. Thank you so much for having, just inclining Deborah's heart to be on this podcast with us. We know that she has just done so much work, God, that has helped married couples, singles, and just people that even of the faith and not of the faith be turned mm-hmm. towards you and just your principles, Jesus. We just ask that you would anoint this time together. We mm-hmm. pray, God, for the listeners, that those who listen to this podcast, God, would be encouraged, that they would begin to heal in areas that need healing. They would begin to understand, God, the, the beautiful design for sex that you've created. We just love you, Jesus. We pray for those that maybe don't know you, that hear this podcast, that their hearts will be turned towards you, that they would begin that relationship with you, God. And for those that do know you, we ask that they would dive deeper into a more intimate relationship with you, Jesus. We love you, and we give you praise for all that you've done and for what is to come, Lord, we know that you are at work even now. We love you. In your name, amen. 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 All right. That was fun. I was a little nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we don't really record the prayers normally, so that was great. <laughs> well, hey, do you want to first off just like tell her 
about our our, our, our stuff. Or why yes. I'm so excited to have her on. <laughs> Charity, Charity was like, Clinton, when we first start, you have to just thank her. And I'm like, why? And she goes, well, you realize that every time we have sex, it's after we read married <laughs> sex. And I'm like, you're right. Oh my gosh. Like, and I'm like, oh, and we learned recently, this is because Charity's brain doesn't think about sex very often. A female doesn't think about sex as often as we do. Is that, is that true? That's what some of the science says for sure. <laughs> so I just want to, a very personal thank you for a very personal issue um, that normally I'm like, wow. And it's like, and normally, you know, it can be me that's kind of starting us off and she'll come to me and she'll start kissing me. I'm like, Oh, what's going on? I'm like, Oh yeah. She probably read one of Deborah's books. So I am thankful for that, Deborah. Very personal. Thank you there. Yes. Well, I am so glad to hear that it's been helpful and that you guys are learning how the other person works mm-hmm. in your marriage. And I think that's key. So I'm excited to dive in. Absolutely. Yes. Why don't we start by just hearing a little bit of your personal story? You know, what made these topics an interest mm-hmm. for you? What, what made you be passionate about all the work that you've done? Yeah. So I'm a licensed professional counselor and I've always had a heart for relationships. It's just kind of been the thing that God has put in my heart from the beginning of my career. And as I've delved into the work of clients and in private practice and just in all the different areas that I've been able to practice as a clinician, I have seen the theme that healthy people make healthy relationships. Mm. And so if we really want healthy relationships, we've got to be healthy standing alone. And so that's kind of where everything that I do overflows from that message. My blog, truelovedates.com is, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles and resources helping you get healthy and have healthy relationships. My podcast, the Love and Relationships podcast, and all my books kind of center around the theme of becoming healthy and engaging in healthy relationships. And even though this is a book about sex, I would say it 100% still follows that underlying theme. Mm. Healthy people make healthy marriage, Mm. which then makes a healthy sex life. So this is kind of where we want to dig in. Mm. I love that. So good. Yeah. When I was reading it, um, you talked about how sexual frustration problems are almost always symptoms of something going on underneath the surface. And I thought that was so good. And you even go even to the extent of like, it could even be with your relationship with God and how that could impact your sex life. Where do you even start in a conversation when you are in a marriage and, and where do you even start communicating about that with each other? Well, well, the first thing to understand, like you said, is that sometimes what's happening on the surface is a symptom of what's going on beneath the surface. Sometimes what's happening in the present is actually rooted in things that have happened in our past. And so this is where we have to be a little more dynamic. This is where we put our counselor hat on and think just because I'm struggling with something in the present doesn't necessarily mean it's pointing to the present. I've been doing a series of live counseling sessions on the podcast. You guys might've heard them. They're called couples therapy. So I'll have couples on and we literally just press record and dive into a counseling session. And recently this couple came in who is having problems with their sex life, the frequency. They just, they they weren't having sex as often as they wanted to. So I could come in and give them a a quick fix solution, right? We could do the superficial route. Well, why don't you put it on your calendar more? Mm. Or why don't you um, make a date night where you have sex a little bit more often? Or, you know, we could, we could kind of cover those superficial bases, but if we're not getting to the root of what's really going on, we're missing it. And so when we get to the root of this particular couple, he had an abuse history in his past. 
that he'd never fully dealt with. Mm. Not only that, but he had a lot of sexual promiscuity in his past. And when he started having intimacy with his wife in the present, even though they hadn't had sex until marriage, they wanted to, they, you know, he rededicated his life to the Lord and committed to that. But after marriage, sex started triggering some of those demons from the past. And so now all of a sudden, when you pair his past history with the struggles that he's having, remembering some of that stuff from his past, it's no wonder that his drive has decreased and he's not interested in sex as much. Mm. So just putting the bandaid on and saying, yeah, let's Mm. just have sex a little bit more isn't actually getting to the root. So Mm. in married sex, what we're trying to do is help you get to the root. Because sometimes the root of the struggles you're having is a theological problem. Like you mentioned a minute ago, sometimes it's has to do with your beliefs of God and what he says about sex. Sometimes it's, it's um, scripture that has gotten misinterpreted and we don't really believe that sex is good or that it's for us from God. Sometimes it's a psychological situation, trauma from our past wounds, insecurities, all of those things that start creeping back up and, show themselves in our marriage. Sometimes it's a relationship problem. And it's a reflection of the fact that you and your spouse don't have an intimate relationship life, aren't connecting emotionally so that it's starting to affect your marriage sexually. So there's all these different obstacles that we kind of bring to the surface to try to get you as the reader to ask questions. Mm. Could it be this? Could it be coming from this? And then the most important part is to have a conversation with your spouse about it, to begin getting comfortable sharing and talking through some of these things. Mm. We make it as easy as we possibly can with a conversational guide, right? Smack dab in the middle of the book as well to kind of help you get started. I love that. I love that. I think that is so awesome. When we were reading your book, um, you guys talk about so many different just aspects that really play into your perspective. And you talk about them, Mm -hmm. how um, they're called sex expectations, right? And just how like so many different um, things in our life have impacted our view of sex. And it could be um, our family history. It could be our past sexual brokenness. It could be even movies and Hollywood Uh, pornography. I mean, you can just like take an assessment and there's so many different avenues that have completely impacted our sex life. And um, one question I have is I would love to hear more of your perspective specifically on like Hollywood and Hollywood movies. Cause mm. I know for us, we, we joke about this and all we the time. Yes. I mean, we were raised with yeah. movies. We Chick were flicks. All all, things, seriously. You know? Yeah. Yes. And you just rom-coms think, <laughs> For us, I feel like, and, and yeah, and in that millennial generation, like high, like our junior high and high school was like, you know, the Gilmore Girls, or mm. what was that episode, Gossip that, Girl, Gossip Girl, or all these different things that we like were raised on during our like formative years, right? Where yeah, there yeah. was a lot of sex, there was a lot of this is how it's taught, this is what you do, this is normal, um, you know, this is what it looks like, and and so I just think like we were kind of raised with. So my question for you is, as you've counsel different people in that younger generation, what are some maybe core beliefs that you have found we have to change that we were taught by Hollywood or books or just even media and culture? Well, I would say one of the first things is that sex will be easy. That's the myth, right? That's the false expectations. You just imagine these two people coming together and, you know, there's so much excitement and 
chemistry and heat. And next thing you know, their clothes are off. Next thing you know, they're laying in bed snuggling. I mean, there's yeah. no mess. There's no discomfort. <laughs> there's, yeah. I mean, it was just the easiest process. And you just assume that sex is going to happen so naturally and Mm. so easily and so automatically pleasurable for both Mm. fast forward to my honeymoon. And I, you know, I tell the story a little bit and married sex. I'm like, this is not what we expected. Like, first of all, it takes forever just to get all those buttons Mm -hmm. unbuttoned off that dress. And then it's like, where do you begin? Especially if you're coming from a place where you don't have sexual experience. And I think even if you're coming from a background where you have different sexual experiences, because now it's rewriting your sexual template Mm. to be focused on this person in front of you, this person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. And that causes you to change some of your expectations from the past. So even when you do have some sexual experience before marriage, you still have to rewrite some of those expectations. Here's how you know that you have a sex expectation. And I list a few of them in the book. But anytime you can say, I thought sex would be blank. Mm. I thought sex would always come easy. I thought sex would be clean and not messy at all. Mutually beneficial, mutually enjoyable. (laughs) Right. It's always for the man. You know, some people come with these unhealthy beliefs and they're bringing them into marriage. And instead of talking through them and questioning, is this assumption even real? Is this Mm. realistic? Is this a healthy expectation? They just bring him into marriage and try to play out these expectations. And it leads to disappointment in the end. You know, even for those of us who come from, a background where you didn't have sex before marriage. I thought just because I waited, sex would be great. Mm. But just because you wait doesn't make sex great. You know, we wait because of what God is doing inside of us. That's why we wait. The character he's developing, the self-control, the discipline, he's making us more like him in the obedience. But we don't wait because somehow magically when we do, sex is going to be fireworks on your honeymoon night. I mean, talk about, unrealistic expectations. And so we really have to come face to face with what we believe and why, and is it actually rooted in truth or is it just rooted in my past experiences? Your story on your honeymoon, I am not going to say it because the listeners need to go read (laughs) the book because it's, I don't want to be a spoiler. (laughs) It is comical. We were laughing loud. Comical is a good word (laughs) for our honeymoon night. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, but Deborah, here's the issue, right? You were talking about a topic where there is a lot of shame. There's a lot of mm. condemnation. I mean, especially in the Christian world, I'm thinking about all these scenarios in my head, whether he struggles with pornography or she she was touched in a way that was inappropriate in high school. Maybe there, there was something that happened with a sex partner that was like really embarrassing. All these yeah. things form this template. How in the world do we start the conversation? I mean, because what happens, like you said, most of get married. We start having sex, disappointed, right? Then there's right. the blame game. I think in these circles of guys that I've been, there's so much blame. It's always the wife's fault. Right, right, it's not frequent right. enough. It's this. I mean, I, I've been a part of those conversations, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I just wish charity was more like this. And I hate that I, I did that because now I know that that, well, that was based off my expectations that were not accurate. And I've had to work on right. those. But man, to start that conversation with our wife, it just, sex already feels like this fragile thing that we get Maybe once a month, 
maybe every six months. So why would I want to like say something like, Oh, and we're never going to have sex again. How do we, how do we do that as guys to where it isn't attacking? It's not blaming. And it's like, Hey, I'm, I don't even know how, how do we begin that conversation? Well, using the couple that I was, um, the couple that was on the podcast for couples therapy as a model, you know, he was struggling with Mm. this stuff in his head, you know, feeling like every time they had sex, he was just thinking of past experiences or, or reverting back to some of those things in his mind and, and feeling horrible, not Mm. wanting to do that, wanting to honor his wife and struggling. Mm. So instead of sharing it with her in the beginning, it was just easier to avoid sex. Mm. But when he avoids sex, then she's like, what's wrong? Why doesn't he want to be close? Is there something wrong with our relationship? Is there something wrong with me? It actually ends up causing more damage when you hold it in, you know? So, so part of his healing journey was coming to terms with what was really going on and being able to sit her down and say, listen, I'm struggling in this area. And I have, she knew that he had a sexual past. She knew that he had an abuse history, but she didn't know the extent of it. Mm. So him sharing these things and finally bringing them to the light and explaining like, I love you and I want to be intimate with you, but these things are holding me back and I have to find a way to deal with these things. So then it was the process for him of going backward in order to go forward. You know, a lot of times we try to plow through and I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to push through. But if you've got stuff in your past, whether it's unhealthy beliefs or experiences or an abuse history or shame or a, a pornography history from before, whatever it is, you've got to go backward and deal with that stuff so that you can move forward. And for, for this gentleman, it's going to require the work of professional counseling, digging into some of that trauma and understanding how it's how it's affecting his sex life today. And and I think sharing that with his wife was some of the first steps of moving towards her in intimacy, you know, because sexual intimacy isn't the only kind of intimacy. There's emotional intimacy and spiritual intimacy, relational intimacy, feeling safe and connected to your spouse. And part of that comes with us opening our heart and sharing what's really going on on the inside. That's so good. I love what you're saying. First of all, I'm going to, and we have so many quotes already. We we're taking notes as you're sharing. Cause I love forming that description of the podcast and then writing some quotes to put on up on the IG. But man, what you're saying is, as a, as a husband admitting what's really going on is actually a step of intimacy, right? Because we believe intimacy is very easily defined as intimacy you see. And so yeah. I'm letting her see me on an intimate level of what's really going on. And it's, that's not, it's coming to grips with reality, but then it's saying, Hey babe, I want us to enjoy this. I want to honor you with our sexual intimacy. And I think that that's like, that's like what the Bible says when you're seasoning it with grace, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you're saying, I want to come close to it. I want to enjoy this with you. Right. And I, and I just appreciate you sharing that. The thing is guys, we don't know how to share it. There's so much shame there that we're like, ah, and what you're saying is we'll realize that you're on the same page. Like you guys are in pursuit of the same thing. You have to be willing to move towards her. And you do that through this honesty that maybe we are scared to have. Right. It's so true. And, you know, I, I just want to specifically shout out to the world of professional counseling. Mm. And I know I'm a professional counselor and, you know, you would assume that's what I'm going to toot my horn about. And I'm excited about professional counseling, but honestly, it has 
changed not only the lives of my clients, but it's mm. changed my own life. Wow. And just being able to learn and process and, and figure out how to put words to these things yeah. that you're experiencing and feeling, and then share them with the people that are closest to you. Um, there is power mm. in bringing forth all that's going on inside of us and bringing it to the light so that it can be healed. And so it might be you that needs to do that. It might be your spouse that needs to do that. But I will tell you this, in order to build a healthy sex life, you've got to get the foundation right first. Mm. And sometimes that's going to take some personal work. Sometimes it's going to take some relationship work. Sometimes it's going to take a little bit of both. Mm. Wow. So good. So good. Um, well, our audience is mainly coming from a perspective of um, kind of a background of sexual yeah, brokenness. Yeah, sexual brokenness, pornography, um, betrayal, trauma. And so can we first start like, what is your perspective on how pornography affects sex? sex? Yeah, that's good. good well, let's start with this. Even pornography has roots, right? Mm. Why we do what we do. And, and so there's a lot of personal healing that has to happen in order to move past that in a marriage. It's not just forgive and forget, quote unquote. It's forgive and do the work. Mm. It's time to do the work. There's no forgetting because when you forget, you stop doing the work. Mm. And so, so when, when we're talking about sexual healing, we're talking about it under the assumption that there are no longer lingering problematic behaviors with pornography because you can't just use sex to cover up those flaws and problems and, and underlying struggles, you know, it's not going to work. And so, so, uh, you know, in a, in, in the context of a healthy marriage, when those things are brought to the surface, I think, I think it's motivating to remember why porn keeps us from intimacy rather than it feels like a faux intimacy sometimes, but it's fake. Why porn keeps us from intimacy is it because it wires our body and brain to respond to something that's not realistic or healthy. So we're responding, we're, we're firing all the, the dopamine, the serotonin and, and the adrenaline is, is all getting fired, but now it's getting fired in light of this false version of beauty, this false version of sexuality. And, and we're almost rewiring our brain to prefer what's fake over what's real. And this, this is very common. You know, I, I, I give the analogy sometimes of sugar. Mm. I did a sugar fast for 50 days and let's be honest, sugar can be addicting yeah. just like anything Absolutely. else. You know, there's been study after study showing the addictive traits of sugar. Yeah. So I took a sugar fast from refined sugar for 50 days. And I way will to go, tell by you. The way. way to go. I just want to say congratulations. <laughs> That's a I big deal. I don't think we could do that. I, don't, I mean, I know that through Christ, we can do all things and be you content can. with no sugar. It was wow. through Christ. Wow. Trust me. I just want to say, it was I just want to say way to go. <laughs> and I will tell you this. Midway through the sugar fast, fruit never tasted so good. It was like eating candy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is like, how, how, how did I not know about this my whole life? (laughs) It's because uh, sugar 
was completely dulling Mm. my taste buds. I was, I had this amazing fruit at my fingertips, but the toxic sugar was dulling my ability to enjoy it. And I do feel that pornography acts in a similar way. We're dulling our God-given drive with this toxin that is like fake. It's fake sugar, you know? And then all of a sudden, this amazing gift that's right before us, marital sex, loses some of its luster Mm. because now this this toxic thing is kind of taking over. And so this was a really kind of a realization for me in the middle of this fast. I'm like, man, when you, when you compare this with in in light of pornography and what it's doing to marriages, why is it that so many men are struggling with sex drive Mm. because they're loading up on this toxic, unhealthy alternative. And, and so we talk about in the book about the power of focusing in on your spouse, the power of, of, of cutting off all of those unhealthy things and not just cutting them off, but getting to the root of why they were so appealing to begin with so that you can begin to set boundaries, get accountability, get therapy and, and, and eliminate that from your life so that you can lean in on this gift that God has given you. So if you're at a place right now and you're listening and pornography is still a struggle, I want to encourage you to get that right, build that foundation, do the work, because just becoming a Christian, just being a Christian, just having Jesus in your heart does not automatically make you immune to the struggles of this world. You've got to put in the work. And I know with all of my heart that the work can be done because I have seen it happen time and time again. I have seen men and women live in victory from pornography and then be able to enjoy the fruit of an, uh, uh, sorry, the fruit of a healthy, satisfying marriage. You guys are are evidence of that, right? That's true. That was, that was a word right there, man. That was the Holy Spirit speaking through you. It's so good. Deborah, no, thank you for that. And it's, it's so, your analogy was so perfect, mm. right? About not being on the pseudo joy, the pseudo intimacy that can fill our brain and not make us even realize how good fruit is. I think, and that's true, right? Even just going back to your analogy, like when we're all up on Ben and Jerry's and chocolate and all these crazy things that like fruits, like, eh, okay, I have to eat it because it's good. For right. My exactly. System, but it's not enjoyed. It's not appreciated. And and we know that even that other fake stuff is ruining our immune system and all these different things. And so your analogy is spot on. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how you write that in some book somewhere. Including well, good. Talks. Cause it wasn't in this book, but oh, it yeah. came to me afterwards because I did the sugar fast afterwards. Yeah, it's good. It's a good one. I think the best analogies come out of our life experiences too. I think so too. We experience it. So that was too. powerful. Thank you for yes. sharing that. Wow. And so your solution to this is, is is going to the root issues because it sounds like you also believe we, we're the same way that pornography is kind of just a way that we we're medicating ourselves or numbing it. It's kind of a big, yes. we're not, it's, it's more of a symptom than the actual issue. 100%. And so that also includes going to the root issues of why are we going there in the first place? Now, what's, what would you suggest that the wife do as it, let's say, let's say it's the husband who struggles with pornography. Obviously we know women struggle as well. And you spoke to that. What would you say is the wife's role in this sex? Because sometimes it can feel like, oh, I just, I should still have sex with them. Cause that's, that's what makes them, you know, that's what the cause is. And, 
And, you know, we just believe that, you know, the wife, that's not her role, right? It's not her role to become like a prostitute and have sex with her husband to fit that need. Let's, let's me ask you that, I guess. What's, how much is sex a need? How do, how do we talk about that from a clinician standpoint? What is your view of all that? Well, I will say this. I know that sex feels like a need for men. Um, Not every man. But for a lot of men that I've specifically counseled, um, I, I just talked to a guy the other day who was like, it feels like this deep desire that I can't even put into words. And I think it's not just about the sex. I truly believe it is a need for something. It's a need for connection yeah. because we were made by a God who wants us to connect. And I've even heard from my husband when we're not, when we're kind of arguing or we've had some tension, he feels like he wants to have sex even more because the physical connection helps him feel emotionally close. And then we can kind of begin doing the work of emotional closeness. So I do understand why that feels like a need for many people. But I think the the reality is it's not the same type of need like we have for food or for water, or for God, or even for emotional connection, because you can survive all of your life without having sex. Many people do. Many people have today. Jesus himself did it, you know, and, and it's the expectation that I have for people who are, are, are trying to, um, overcome a sex addiction, for example, that they realize sex isn't actually a need but it's a symptom like we talked about earlier, pointing to something a little bit deeper. So as a woman, I think it's important, you know, we're we're talking in the context, let's say the man is struggling and the woman is trying to figure out how to help. Um, I have seen couples who feel like being intimate during the process of recovery helps them stay connected. So I can't say that you shouldn't do that, but I also will tell you, you don't have to do that. Mm. And it is just as reasonable and good to say, you know what, I'm going to refrain until the healing process starts to take effect. I know if it was me, I would be one of those wives that needs to refrain Mm -hmm. until the healing process takes effect. I want to see the work because that work is what helps me to trust that we're moving in the right direction. I'm not just going to blindly trust. I always say this, trust is not a gift to be given. Trust is a responsibility to be earned. So I'm not just giving you this gift because you're asking me, please trust me. No, it's not a gift. I will trust you when I see that you're earning my trust. And so the process of recovery involves a whole lot of earning trust. And I will never tell the woman who says, I'd like to be intimate while that process is happening. I'm not going to tell her no, but I will tell you, I think it's important to set boundaries that work for you and never feel like you have to give sex to prevent relapse because if relapse is happening, it comes down to the roots of what's happening in that person's heart who is relapsing, not in the innocent bystander. Now, don't get me wrong. I will say this. I do believe as couples who love Jesus, we have a role of loving and supporting each other through the hard things. So if my husband were to come to me tomorrow and say, hey, I'm struggling with porn, my reaction wouldn't be like, you're on your own, dude. 
it would be like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's pray about this. Tell me your plan. How can I help? We're in this together. And that's really how I feel when I struggle with something in my life. Let's say I've, I've fallen into something unhealthy. I want to know and believe that my husband is going to walk by my side through the process of recovery. And I really think we need to have that perspective on it, but at the same time, have boundaries and realize that trust is not a gift to be given. It's something we're going to earn along the journey of healing. So it's a tricky question because in different cases, it looks a little bit different with those boundaries that you're going to set or those expectations you're going to have. And that's why I love one-on-one counseling because then we can dig in a little bit deeper and have more practical steps. It's a little harder to give advice when you don't know the exact situation. So that's why I kind of give a little bit of leeway. That was all so good. Oh my goodness. Wow. Uh, Thank you so much. And, um, one thing that came to mind is, um, I was just thinking about everything that you're saying and I'm just so grateful for where we're at personally in our relationship right now, because, um, I feel like your book does a really good job at, you had a a, a stat and I think it was, um, like 25% of couples, um, when they, you know, want information on sex, they don't have anywhere to go. They don't know where to go. Right. And for Clint, they either Google it or they don't do anything at all. And they just kind of hope things get better. Wow. Yes. And wow. I feel like once Clint and I went to the root of a lot of things that were keeping us sexually intimate with pornography and betrayal and just even my own even past sexual own brokenness, brokenness yeah. Um, yeah. I have a lot, I had a lot. And I feel like now we got like a clean slate, right? Mm. Like, okay. You built that foundation. Totally. The roots are deep. But now we want to bear the fruit. That template. She's yes. talking about. <laughs> yes. like the template was like talked about. Yeah, that's good. And so we're at this like, okay, now we're at the dirt. How do we build, you know, this beautiful tree with fruit? And your yeah. book does that. Mm. Um, I love that. I love what you're saying because mm. it really does capture the heart here. Mm. You know, first let's get to the roots. And then when we do, and we deal with some of this stuff, it one, one whole chapter in there is, your sex problem might actually be a relationship problem Mm -hmm. if dot, 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 and it kind of helps you. Another chapter is going backward to go forward. But once you have laid the foundation, then we, we need to have something to build on. And I think this is also an area where Christians don't talk about much. Mm -hmm. What are you supposed to do? How, how should you touch or not touch? What can you try differently? What are some different positions or options One of the chapters in there that Gary wrote, which is one of my favorite chapters, was called The Five Senses of Sex. Mm. And I love how he kind of pulled from the Song of Solomon, how each sense is kind of used in scripture, you know, from sight to sound to touch to taste, like all of them, and and kind of applying it to the context of a healthy sex life. I'm like, this is great. You know, Mm -hmm. these are the things that we want to build on. And, and we don't exactly know where to go. So we wrote three specific chapters about that. One's called What Gets Her Going. And it kind of gives you a guide, men, how to get your wife turned on. Because sometimes we talked about obstacles earlier. Sometimes an obstacle is lack of information. And you don't actually know how her body works. I've worked with men who didn't know what certain body parts in their wives' Um, sexual region were called. And there's no shame in that. 
it just shows you there's a lack of education. Like if he doesn't know what they're called, he clearly doesn't know what they look like up close. You know, (laughs) like there are some things that we just haven't learned. We don't know what it feels like. We don't know what to do, where to touch, where not to touch. And so what gets her going kind of gives you some guides. Then there's what gets him going. And then my favorite, my personal favorite was what gets you going, because we've got to realize that a big portion of our sex drive, it has to do with us Mm -hmm. and we've got to get our heart and our mind in the right place in order to be able to enjoy sex as well. It's not, it's not just our partner's fault if we're not enjoying it, you know? So So good. So good. And there's so many amazing things that you share and, and why I love it is because it's, it, it, when I'm reading it and we're reading it, it's a safe guide of information to understand all the things that you're sharing. You know, we're not, I'm not weary of typing into Google to for pornography to pop up. It's it's, going like, yeah, totally. And and you're coming from a faith background and it's faith-based and there's so many scriptural references and God's design for sex and intimacy. And it is just incredible. You, I mean, you've given me insight onto even just like, um, because culturally, again, I have to remind myself, this is from cultural, but you have sex and then you're done. And I, and there's a part in your book that you share too, like how, um, the the post-sex yes. And just embracing that and, and cuddling and so so many people miss out on that, you know, because it's just a task to get done. And it was in our relationship for a long time because pornography was so evident that I was like, yeah, I was like, well, I need to have sex with him so that he doesn't look out and he doesn't go elsewhere. And, and so it's a task. And if you keep on doing that for so long, you're going to, continue doing that. And so when I read that in your book, it made me more, it's making me more aware, like, okay, just lay there and cuddle and you don't just get up and go into the next thing, you know? And there's just so many great tools like that and how your body is a wonderland. And I've always been saying that, (laughs) you know, with John Mayer and I just, I can't thank you enough for the work that you and Gary are doing in this book because it's, it's really helped Clinton and I build that strong tree to bear healthy, healthy fruit after we have gone through traumatic, traumatic stuff in our sex life. Yeah, I believe it. And honestly, that makes me so happy to hear from a couple like you, because it's just a a reminder of God's redemptive work. I think sometimes we just think that the enemy has the final say, this world sucks, marriages are terrible, porn is everywhere, Uh, you know, adultery runs rampant. And you know what? In some parts of life and some parts of the world, that is true. But that doesn't have to be your story. Even if there's glimmers of that in your past, even if your marriage started off on the right track, that doesn't have to be your story. God is able to redeem and restore. We just have to partner with him to do the work. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that when we do, both of us, you know, this is a team effort. When we do, our marriage and our sex life can get to places it's never been before because God can redeem and heal and restore. And your story is, is, is truly a reminder of what that can look like. Thanks Deborah. Thank you. Well, Deborah, why don't we, I can't close out any better than what you just said. That was absolutely fantastic. It was a mic drop moment. Um, so how can our listeners get to know more of what you're doing, what you're producing and what's next for you? I I just have this sense with all that you've done so far that you're just getting started and there's a lot more even to come. I want to make sure our listeners are aware of that and sign up for a newsletter or the website. So where can we all go to learn more about what you're doing? Yeah. So right now my favorite spot is Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at Deborah Fileta, F-I-L-E-T-A. 
Um, my relationship advice blog is called truelovedates.com. And whether you're single or dating or married or somewhere in between, um, you're going to find articles and resources. The Love and Relationship podcast is housed there. Just all kinds of information to help you become healthy and engage in healthy relationships as well. Awesome. Deborah, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast. We're so grateful for your just transparency, honesty, and honestly, just so much wisdom that we shared. I don't know how this description might be very, very long. And we have like enough <laughs> quotes for to fill a whole page on Instagram. So thank you so much for your time. We really Thank you for it. having me, guys, and for being brave to have these conversations. I'm yours until the end of time. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, follow us on Instagram, and sign up for the upcoming course. You can also connect with us on the Ask Us Anything page at RestoredToMore.com. Also, quick note, all the work at Restored to More Inc., including this podcast, is made possible by our donors and financial partners. We wouldn't be here without those who have generously given to the cause of restoration. If you ever feel led to give, you can do so on the donate page on our website, 